This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, here we are. Hour number two on a Thursday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. One Bills Live is the show. And pleased to be joined now by USA Today editor, NFL writer Doug Farrar on the program here. Doug, how are we doing? We're down to the final four. Yes, we are. It's, it's a fascinating week. Uh, all kinds of strategy to get into and all kinds of tape and metrics, which is what I've been doing. Uh, both the uh, looking forward and the forensic looking back, which uh, I imagine is why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of that. Um, there is some breaking news also as one of the five open yes. head coaching spots has been filled by a guy who is pretty familiar to Bill's fans. Frank Reich named the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, a, a team where he played as the, the expansion year quarterback in 1995. Oh, he was their right. first QB after he left Buffalo, um, kind of a cool circular deal there. Yes, circle of life is complete. I, You know, they're a team on the rise. Um, Sam Darnold actually played a lot better than people think last year. Um, you know, we just we go off on Sam Darnold because he's Sam Darnold. Uh, I would say he was a, you know, functional, about league average quarterback. Um, I don't know if they're going to bring him back. In my latest mock draft, which came up this morning, I mocked Anthony Richardson from uh, Florida to them at, I believe, nine. And he's kind of a, you know, if you want a Justin Fields, <laughs> that's your guy. Showed exponential growth in the second half of his first season as a starter in college. So he's a developmental guy. Um, Reich, you know, I've, I've talked to him before. I remember talking to him media day when he was the Eagles OC the year they won the Super Bowl. And I talked to him for about 20 minutes and I walked away thinking, that guy's going to be a head coach sooner than later. He just got the whole picture. Um, he was waylaid, obviously, by capricious ownership and the team's inability to find a quarterback after Andrew Luck retired. But, you know, I, I still think he's got a lot on the ball. I think it's a good hire. Yeah, and it, as you see this take shape, and it'll be interesting to see the staff he puts together. I think one of the things that ownership, a guy like David Tepper would understand, the longer a guy's out of the loop, 
the harder it is to stay connected to staff who could come in and really help you. That'll be, I think that's the interesting thing. Have you got any ideas about um, guys he has worked with or who might come with him to Carolina that he worked with in Indianapolis? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure because he's had different guys. Um, you know, and as we see in New England, you, you tend to gravitate toward the guys that you've worked with before for better or worse. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but, you know, just overall, I, I think it's certainly, you know, Steve Wilkes held it down really well. And, you know, this is it, it's a good sensible, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of what the Jaguars did with, you know, blowing the thing out with Urban Meyer as the Panthers blew it out with Matt rule. And then you make the sensible hire. You get a guy who has been part of a Super Bowl winning staff. This Reich was obviously part of Peterson's. So, you know, you can expect that kind of offense, a lot of a lot of verticals, a lot of boot, um, a really, you know, Reich has always been a really well, he he designs offense as well. Uh the most fascinating thing to me will be um, because I know Phil Snow did a really good job for the Panthers, you know, what what that defensive staff would be like. That's that's kind of because, you know, you tend to know, okay, an offensive minded coach is going to do these three things and whatever. Um, it's always interesting for me to see, like with in, in the case of Sean McDermott, who was obviously a defensive coach, like he got Brian Dable and everything just blew up in, in, the, in the, the good ways. Um, you know, when coaches have a particular emphasis, you always want to see like the reverse emphasis, what kind of coaches you get for that side of the ball. Yeah, right. We've got the two conference championship games this weekend, Doug, and I know you kind of put together a NFC championship column just about how the Eagles can beat this 49ers defense. Um, it is a formidable matchup, to say the least. Yes. Um, and I, I mean, a lot of you'd be hard pressed to find a more complete roster than the Eagles offense, defense, special teams. Um but this Niners defense stops just about everybody. And it's really their front seven, because if you look at their no. secondary, it's not like you got a bunch of world beaters back there, but it just doesn't matter because their front seven is so dang good. I think it covers up any of the perceived limitations the guys on the back end might have. Right. I mean, like a safety you have Deshaun Gibson, who's been around for a while. I think he's 31 or 32. He's having a, a renaissance here under D'Amico Ryans. Hufanga, the second-year safety from USC. Nice player. Kind of a Troy Pompa light that, you know, attacks safety down. I mean, their cornerbacks can be vulnerable to a point. Fred Warner is an alien. Best linebacker in the league. Might be the defense best. Defense. That play, <laughs> I know you guys saw it, where he – was at the line of scrimmage and followed C.D. Lamb, uh, a, a premier slot receiver, up the seam 30 yards. Linebackers aren't supposed to do that. Um, you know, and obviously they're, they're well coached. They've got talent all over the place. Two things that I discovered in, in going through the metrics and watching the tape that they are vulnerable with versus play action. They don't defend it very well because, and the Eagles kind of have this too everyone's hair is on fire. So when, and you know, when, when Warner and Greenlaw, the linebackers looking at run fits or what they think are run fits, they're like, go. And they can be exploited up top when they bite on play action. The other thing is, and uh, Jalen Hurts has just 
cut zone coverage to ribbons. Uh, the Niners are a pretty heavy cover three, cover four team. Now cover four has more man principles, but if I'm if I'm D'Amico Ryan's in that game, I am playing man or cover four or you know three lock or whatever. I'm employing more man principles. And while that does make you more vulnerable to Jalen Hurts, the running quarterback, I don't care because I don't want Jalen Hurts sitting back there in the pocket for however long he has. He has the best offensive line in the NFL. So even with Nick Bosta and Omenahu and all those guys, it's still a problem. Um, but, you know, I, I would rather trust my front seven to take care of that and play man on the back than just sit in there in – these cautious zones and you guys know when you play zone, I mean, you know, true zone, not, not mixing it up and doing different things. You have those little pockets of coverage where it's not there. And Hertz has been really good at exploiting that. So it's going to be a fascinating matchup on both sides. So you feel, sure. you feel, and good. the thing is, this isn't like chiefs Bengals where they, this is the third time they're playing in like a calendar year. Yeah. They haven't played each other since week two of last season. And Jimmy Garoppolo was San Francisco's quarterback. <laughs> Jalen Hurts ran. I, I think he ran for more than he passed for almost. It, nobody was sure about Jalen Hurts at that point. I mean, we were all thinking coming into this draft, Oh, how he got that extra first round pick from the saints. Maybe he'll take a quarterback. Uh, that's not, you know, that's out the window. So things are very different. There's a lot less to go on. And that's in a way, those are the kind of matchups I like, because you just don't know what you're going to see. To your point about the man principles for San Fran. So you still like that even with AJ Brown on the other side and Goddard for that matter. Those are tough man matchups. They are. Um, And I mean, you pick your poison there. You're, (laughs) You can you can bracket in four. You can bracket in man. Um, what I would want to avoid is uh, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, especially running those deep overs and seam routes, and any mistake with the linebacker handing off to the safety, and it's sixty yards downfield. Um, I would rather take my chances, you know, matching a lot because you and you guys know this. You can you can play match coverage, which is you play zone up until a certain point in the route, and then you play man. Um, you can play off man. You don't have to. It, not every man coverage, obviously, is just aggressive press right. and you know follow you all the way through. There's a lot of stuff you can do. I would also the Niners are good at this. I would also flip my safeties post now. I would I would show Jalen Hurts, and it's not like Jalen Hurts can't figure it out. But I would show Jalen Hurts as much. I would muddy the picture for him in the back half as much as possible so as you see that game taking taking shape how big a difference will it be that you know san francisco's going east um home field okay weather none of that's going to be a, there's yeah, some snow in the forecast some snow yeah. i mean that both these teams seem built for it yeah i mean i i think kyle shanahan kyle shanahan mentioned this week that uh the the week i think it was 15 game up here in seattle where i am uh where the weather was just awful what probably helped um i you know i don't i don't know how to how much stock to put in that as you said they are built for this they are a a massively successful running team especially since, since they got christian mccaffrey they're going to lean on that so um you know, if we're talking about trends when it comes to DVOA in since week 10, second half of the season, including the playoffs, the 49ers are number one in defense in DVOA. They're number two in offensive DVOA. 
they have a really good offense now with Brock Purdy and McCaffrey and all these guys who can just line up anywhere at any personnel. So, you know, I, I kind of, I have the Eagles sort of, you know, sneaking it out, but I think it's going to be really, really close. That, where, that to me is the pick them. Where's the, where's the Philadelphia defense vulnerable? Mm, that's a good question. They are vulnerable in that. Well, it's interesting when it comes to playing defense against pre-snap motion, which is a, an important point because Kyle runs it like 75% of the time. They are the second best defense in EPA, EPA uh, against motion in the passing game. They are second worst uh, against motion in the run game. And that could really bite them. And that's, you know, like I was talking about where everyone has their hair on fire. and Everyone's just going for it. Any sort of gaps in the run fits can be a problem. I think their safety group is, I mean, CJ Gardner Johnson's good. I think the safety group is okay. Um, I think Darius Slay is one of the better lockdown corners in the NFL. James Bradbury, who I still don't know why the Giants let him go. Um, and he'll be a free agent after this year. Um, he can be vulnerable at times. Uh, I think the linebacker group is underrated. They're, they're front four slash five because they play a lot of bare fronts. They're, you know, I think we all know about that. So probably safety group, a little bit linebackers. And just, you know, what I wrote in my piece this morning, Jonathan Gannon, their DC, he's, he's got to strike that balance between the hell bent for leather, get after the quarterback thing, and what that does to you if – you're prone to misdirection and play action and pre-snap motion. And nobody calls those things better. All three of those things better than Kyle Shanahan. So I think whether vulnerable is with pre to post-snap look changes, those different kinds of misdirection vulnerabilities. And, you know, because they have those vulnerabilities in the run game, this is the, this is the one team you don't want to play when you have that problem because Kyle will have watched all that tape, and he'll have 17 different ways to just beat you up with it. Right. Wanted to ask you a little bit. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. About the mock draft you put together, um, 
and you know, I <laughs> Bills fans are dead set on. I'm told Bill- it went over like a Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think a lot of members of the Bills fan base have come to the conclusion that it's time to just go all in on offense and adopt a model similar to that of Kansas City, which is, you know, we'll get one really good defensive lineman up front, Chris Jones, and then we'll try to patch together the vast majority of the rest of our defense and hope Spagnuolo can call the right shots and we'll load up on offense and just try to outscore you, um, which I guess to a certain degree you can say that's their approach. There might be some dissenting opinions on that. Um, But the bottom line is Buffalo's weapons don't quite measure up to Cincinnati's weapons, Kansas City's weapons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, and I think you could probably make the argument that Kansas City probably has the best offensive line of those three teams as well. So Bills fans are naturally thinking O-line, receiver, you know, weapons. So (laughs) in your mock, you go Brian Branch, DB from Alabama, who's a really good safety (laughs) And I understand why. Is Poyer going to be back? Eh. I mean, you know, entering his age 32 season, cap issues for the Bills. Micah Hyde in his last season of his contract coming up next year. So I get the logic, Doug. Um, I think Bills fans might be asking you, do you have an old lineman or a wide receiver you like in that range at 27 <laughs> too? Well, I do. This is, I think, my fourth or fifth mock draft. I generally alternate between offensive linemen and running backs. You know, I, I Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, I like a lot as a pet. I tend to alternate with Harrison between mocking him to the Chiefs and the Bills because I do think with Orlando, Orlando Brown, the um, the Chiefs have a left tackle problem. Um, and then it's running back either Bijan Robinson, who would be absolutely thermonuclear in that offense. Bijan Robinson broke 104 tackles last year, forced 104 missed tackles. That's insane. Um, imagine taking Saquon Barkley and putting him on the Bills. That's what that'd be like. Or Jameer Gibbs from uh, Alabama. Right. Um, the thing with Branch, uh, it's not just that Poyer, who is one a top three safety, is a free agent. And the Bills, by the way, at this point, I believe, are $19 million over the projected cap. For at so least. When Brandon, Bean, when Brandon Bean says we have to focus on the draft and low-price free agents, that's what he means. And, hello, you're in, you know the, the, the rookie window contracting is over with Josh Allen, obviously. Um, the thing about Branch, so Poyer might be gone. Uh, Micah Hyde missed all but, what, two games last year? He turned 31 on December 31st, I believe. That's right. He missed, um, Dane, yeah. Jack- Dane Jackson is a free agent. And the thing with Branch can play safety. He can play slot. He can play box. He can play outside. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds is also a free agent, by the way. And the, the difference between, at least from my interpretation, the difference between the Chiefs defense and the Bills defense, the Chiefs, Spagnolo throws all these different things at you, like every color in the box. The Bills, I mean, they'll do different things, but it's, you know, 97% nickel. You kind of know what you're going to get. It's execution-based. It's player-based. Um, you know, as I said, Branch can also play outside to a degree. And the other thing I'll say is, unfortunately, and we hope he turns it around, Tredavious White has not been the same cornerback, in my opinion, uh, with all those injuries. And it's hard. I mean, I've talked to cornerbacks in the NFL about this. If you're a top cornerback and you go from 100 to 90, it's like falling off a cliff. And we hope Tredavious White gets it back because he has been a stellar player. 
So when I look at the Bills' needs, and I kind of look at where things stack up in the draft, I mean, it's a very deep class at receiver. It's a very deep class at running back. It's a pretty deep class at offensive line. So we all want to focus on the first-round guy. I think the Bills can do well in the later rounds to, to fill out those things. And, you know, my mock drafts are kind of exercises as to – because I'm watching more and more players on tape as it goes along – um, by the time the combine hits in a month, I'll have my whole, like, okay, this is sort of my big board. And these are all the guys I've watched, you know, whatever, 200 players. Um, right now I'm just kind of seeing where everyone fits. So next week it might be Bijan Robinson again, or it might be, you know, Zay Flowers from Boston college. You know, it could be a number of things. What I'm doing at this point is just kind of seeing where players fit. And I think there are a lot of ways in which Brian branch makes sense in his, you know, top level ability to do multiple things at a position of great need, because I mean, I don't want to throw a, <laughs> I don't want to throw a, a trash can full of water in the barbecue here, but we may have seen the end of the best safety duo in the NFL as they have been for the last few years. So you got, you know, whether it's, you know, it's, it's, whether it splashes off the page or not, you have to start looking at those things. Yeah. Understood. Yep. Doug, thanks very much. Enjoy the conference championship games this weekend. We'll continue to uh, keep an eye on your stuff pre-draft as we get closer and closer to the combine and then the real big event, uh, which I know in a way is Christmas for you at the end of April. So thanks very much. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. That's USA Today editor, NFL writer Doug Farrar joining us. We will take a break here. When we come back, we will get to the tweet sheet for your thoughts on who you feel on Buffalo's roster, has to take the next step to help them get over the hump in 2023. It's One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, and this is Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on a Thursday, asking you which player do the Bills need to take the next step in 2023. If you want to single somebody out, feel free to do that for us. Open phone lines for you at 803-0550, but we go to the tweet sheet first, brought to you by Coring and Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. And we lead off with Andy, who says, Spencer Brown, they need to bring in some competition. But if he can take the next step, it helps them focus offensive line resources on the inside. So he's saying if Spencer Brown takes the next step, we don't have to focus on tackle early in the draft. We can worry about guards somewhere on day two. Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome, except how are you going to know if he does that before the draft? Exactly. Um, yeah, I get it. Uh, you're right. I, those guys are huge up front. If you can get those guys plugged in so you can get them, you know, get them squared away and know it, yeah, that's a huge burden. It's Listen, it's five of the 11 guys on the field. If you got those guys playing at a high level, that's the percentage of guys you got playing at a high level in your offense. I mean, yeah. it, it just – cuts down your margin of error in a in an enormous way so yeah the better your offensive line is the better your offense is we learned that in 2018 when we had josh at quarterback and you know at times well they couldn't win at the line of scrimmage yeah just could not they were getting just caved in and josh you know in games like that's where josh has these games like he did in week 17 of that year down in miami where you know he's they do nothing offensively and he's running for his life and he still almost wins the game. So if, if 
I, it's an interesting question because you got this quarterback that can do all of this. The reason you find out he can do all of this is because some of the other aspects of your offense aren't up to snuff. So when they get up to snuff, is he good enough in the offense that you, you know, every other team runs? Is he good enough in that offense to play as well as they do? We'll see. But man, oh man, you got this atomic weapon taking snaps. Find a way to make it easy for him. Yeah, protect him a little bit more. Diversify the attack with more skilled position players. Isaac on the tweet sheet says, offense, my picks are Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox. Allen needs a number two guy behind Diggs. On defense, it's Kyir Elam and Greg Rousseau. Having a lockdown number two corner and a top pass rusher will help. Yeah, I mean, Von Miller is that guy. If Rousseau can come along and take another step, yeah. I thought he took a step this year. Um, you know, there were some games you didn't see him as much. I got to tell you, I think Rousseau was underrated as an edge run defender. I think he's very good at that, reading the run game. Um, the consistency in the pass rush, yeah, you'd like to see it a little bit more. He was having a good year when Von Miller was on the other side drawing attention. And then when Von Miller was out of the lineup, not quite as successful. Although, come the end of the season, he's tied for the team lead in sacks with eight with Von Miller. So, you know, it was a step up, I thought, this year for him. If he takes another step, yeah, you might have something there. Right. That's, that's huge. Um, and, I, and I thought so, too. I thought he took a huge step forward. And it's interesting, too, because we have this – you have a problem with Vaughn in the equation. You know that he made a difference when he was on the field for these guys. Uh, Ed Oliver was, it was helped by it. Also with Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips back on the field. Ed Oliver got a boost in his play because, you know, there were two guys doubling him. And on the other side, Epinesa, Basham, and the, those guys, they had a chance to really be a different group than they ended up being at the end of the season. Because, and be, not only because of Vaughn being out, but because of the defensive tackles starting to go down with injuries. Um, most notably, Daquan and Jordan in this last game. There's there's a crusher. Uh, they couldn't win the line of scrimmage when their top guys down inside weren't 100%. And, and it showed not only on the inside, but on the outside as well. Chris on the tweet sheet says, I'm going with a coach here to take the next step next season. It's Ken Dorsey. Yeah, I mean, look, Brandon Bean said it at his season wrap-up press conference. He said, I hope I'm a better GM now than I was the first year I was here in Buffalo. He was a first-time general manager here with the Bills, and he freely admitted that he had made some mistakes uh, here and there, but he thinks he's a much better GM now, and I think that's probably true and probably true for anybody who's doing something for the first time. You're learning on the fly. You're going to make some mistakes. And, yeah, I mean, I think Ken Dorsey can only be better going into year two because of what he learned in year one. Yeah, uh, it's it's a really really interesting question, and it's, and it's fun to think about. Um, you get a guy like Dayball in, who has been an offensive coordinator for quite some time, called plays, and and had and really hadn't been enormously successful, but yet comes to Buffalo finally and gets you know Josh Allen starts it from the ground up and kind of builds this thing the way he wants over four or five years, and you know, he's a guy that you know he made it work. Ken Dorsey, I think, uh, is on that same track. What happens in these coaches, and Ken Dorsey will probably, hopefully, will get this. 
a lot of times players look around, they say, you know, they go to their coach after the season's over and say, what do I need to work on? You know what? And they get those exit interviews and the coach says, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. We need more from you here. We need more from you there. And says, okay, okay. Well, as you, if you're a coach, I don't know who you ask. Yeah. Other coaches, the head coach, does the head coach give you some of that? And the players, I mean, who are you going to ask? The players, the, you know, players are, you know, coaches rarely ask players, what do you think of my coaching, right? The coach just looks at you, are you playing great? Then I'm doing a good job. Go ahead and go. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see Ken Dorsey self-evaluate, do some work and ask questions about what do you think of this when we did this? Here's the reasons why. What do we think? The self-evaluation, I think, is different as a coach trying to self-evaluate and your staff self-evaluate because there's, you know, the only thing you've got is, you know, obviously the stats that your offense put out, but also how your players played and did they do what you really wanted them to do, and that's really the acid test. Keith on the tweet sheet says, Gabe Davis or Khalil Shakir? We need to know if wide receiver two is on the roster. Well, you, you, much to Steve's point on the previous submission, you can't wait until the fall to hope that he's there. You're going to have to draft and add in free agency before then, and I'm, you got to add to the pool. you got to add to the pool. I mean, Gabe Davis had all of this past season to prove he could be a week-in, week-out producer as the number two. And if there's o- if there it came with mixed there, results. Yeah, if, there, if you don't think he is, yeah. okay, then he's the number three now. You know, you got I mean, to find somebody. Yeah, you got to find somebody. I think that is the most obvious spot on a team, on every NFL team, that you've got to go out and actively look to find the best player available. That's it's almost like the it's almost when you've got the quarterback, that's the next position. That's the quarterback position when you've already got one. You know what I mean? we said it a ton. When you don't have a quarterback on your roster and you don't know who's going to be and you're kind of looking for one, you're obsessed with that. Well, if you've got that guy, the guys outside are the next priority. You got to get those guys fixed. Now, of course, your offensive line's important and all that stuff, but you're talking about point production, you're talking about having guys that win and move the football and score touchdowns. Um I think when you look at this and you and you've got guys that are good you're 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 looking to make that that room yeah. elite great you're o- looking for difference makers o line and receiver is the fastest way to make life easier for Josh Allen right um and i think you have to look at this based on last year's performance as we said gabe davis had some nice weeks but they weren't stacked up together in succession to where you would say I'm convinced this guy can be a bona fide number two and give us weekly production because the production wasn't there on a week-to-week basis. So then you say, well, what do we do? Well, you better get a guy that you believe can walk into that number two role and produce for you on a weekly basis to balance out the attention that Stephon Diggs gets as your number one. And then if Davis can be your three or Shakir can take a step forward and be your number three, great. Maybe you bring Jamison Crowder back. Uh, and have him as a fail-safe option as a number three. You know, you got him on an affordable deal last year. He was injured all this year. He's going to be hard to drive his price up any higher, so you would, logic would say he could be an affordable, you know, depth option. But you're going to have to draft somebody pretty high who's capable of walking into the number two role as a rookie. It's a tough spot. 
because we're sitting here saying, oh, Gabe's got to be better. And we don't know because we haven't really heard. or We don't know whether some of Gabe Davis's, you know, inconsistency or whatever, however you want to describe or quantify Gabe Davis's season, how much of that was Ken Dorsey? How much of that was was we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch minimum of four lines for 25 dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account five dollars more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due 35 dollars per line connection charge applies see t-mobile.com after the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Josh Allen, how much of it was Dawson Knox? How much of it was, you know, the running game, the offensive line? How much of that inability to get Gabe Davis involved every single week and get him targets and touches and all that how much of it had to do with Gabe Davis his drops um, the routes called how many times he was he the number one uh, option and not Stefan Diggs because Stefan was got a ton of targets you know how much of that was outside of Gabe Davis's control I guess is the question we don't know it's a uh, you got a first year offensive coordinator and it's his first year as that solid number two that was always on the field. He took more snaps than anybody. So you know, we don't. there's a lot we don't know because there's so much we don't know about the ins and outs and the intricacies of the offense. And that's a, that's a question, you know, that we can only observe the results of, not really the ins and outs and the nuts and bolts of how it happened. But that's something that we all of us can look, even the casual fan can look and say it needs to be different going forward. Yeah. And whether it needs to be Gabe Davis being – treated differently by the offense or whether he needs to, or whether it needs to be a different guy there we may we won't know until they make that decision and we see the results of that decision yeah I think Gabe's catch rate this year was 52 percent I mean that doesn't even put you in the, anywhere near the top 100 in the league um, so yeah there is some improvement to be made there and I think he'd be the first to tell you from Saber Maniac he says Elam White clearly wasn't the same player when he came back, and it sounds like Benford has a chance to move to safety. Yeah, Elam's a good pick. I think that was a guy whose play was on the ascent at the end of the season. And I'll say this about Trey White. A lot of times, guys coming off a major injury like that aren't quite right when they first come back. It's the following season when they really get back to the player they once were, and I think that is the hope for Tredavious White going into the 2023 season. But Elam, in my estimation, was a guy that was on the ascent coming down the stretch this past year. And I think it gives them comfort to actually try Christian Benford at safety because of what they saw out of Elam at the end of the year. Because let's not forget, right. Benford started over him at the start of the year. That's right. 
Uh, they like Benford. I think they like not only his athletic ability and his size, but they also like his demeanor and his personality and his intellect. And, and his physicality. He's yeah, a physical player. They like a lot of things about Christian Benford, which is why he did get a chance to play early in the season before he got the oblique injury and the bro broken hand, and you know he started to come apart physically. Um, it, it, I had not thought about that until I heard them somebody say it, and then I heard it was a, a conversation and a possibility from day one. I, I love the I love the concept. I love the concept. Um, he is he is kind of one of these finger quote guys. He's an old soul, you know. He's uh -huh. seen a lot, and he, he's one of those very young players who it seems like has been around the block 20 times already. They love that about him, and I think his teammates see it in him. So I, I think, you know, just through this postseason interview process with the head coach and the GM, I think there's big plans for, Eli, uh, for um, Benford in the future, and I think that yeah. safety is one of them. Break time for us here when we come back. Some final thoughts on the tweet sheet here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Some final thoughts on the tweet sheet in terms of which player do the Bills need to take a next step in 2023? And Jerry says Rousseau, but there's plenty of others too. AJ, Boogie, Ed, Elam, Shakir. Rob says James Cook, especially if they let Singletary test the market. I don't know about you, Steve. I'm, a, I'm of the belief that if you just give Cook more opportunities, you'll get more out of him. We saw that as yeah. his playing time that's, increased as the season wound down. That's been the criticism uh, that he said, well, he, you know, why did you draft this guy if you're only going to give him this many, however many opportunities it was? And I get that. Same thing with Hines. They, they traded for him. He only got 11 touches down the stretch of the season, uh, even though he did all the kick returning duties. I, I Yes. Cook could use more opportunities, no question. But people are – I think people are like, hey, James Cook, they need all these guys to step up. And the, the offense scored more points this year than it did last year. They were number two in the league in scoring. They were best team on third down in the league. I mean, there's not all that much broken in this offense. Even down the stretch, the only thing – the only thing that made this offense look like it was sputtering at times, which is what we all kind of got that feel about. The only reason, the only reason is because of the interceptions and the turnovers coming down the stretch. That's it. That's it. And you can put that on Josh if you want, but I'll, I'll live with it because Josh is that good. So don't get caught up in everything. You got to revamp all this. They built a really good team and had a, had a great offense. They were scoring points. So don't get caught up in, you know, the fact that, you know, they got to fix something. Listen, they're, they're okay. And all the opportunities they gave these guys or lack thereof were because they were scoring points. They didn't want to do all of that because why show something you may need later? And plus, they got guys that deserve those opportunities. So, I'm, you know, yeah, it's, it's easy to bail out and start throwing darts at what happened. But, man, oh, man, don't forget, this team was really good. And while they sputtered, it was execution. It was like throwing to the wrong guy or getting a tipped interception, that kind of stuff. So let's, you know, you know, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Remember, we're, we're a pretty good football team still. Yeah. That'll do it for us here on a Thursday. We've got Greg Cosell coming your way on an OBL Fan Mailbag Friday. We'll see you at one tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.